Tua. Fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Winkfield, and as I am here to do every single day, we're going to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, that's five. Count them. Five wins in a row for your Miami Dolphins for the second straight season, a fifth in a row to get Miami to 17-6 and six in the post-Halloween portion of the schedule in the Brian Flores era. They are cooking. They are red hot with their fifth straight victory. All the way into the bye week here, into the stretch run of the season. We're going to talk about that. The five takeaways from a 20-9 to victory over the New York Giants. We'll talk about who shined the brightest, and we'll play a segment from the fifth quarter postgame show on WQAM with myself, Seth, and OJ from the postgame show from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. I want to go ahead and start here with a tip of the cap to Coach Flores, who all week long made sure the message was about focusing on the New York Giants, about the people that they have on the sideline who regardless of their record, can compete at the highest level. That's what the National Football League is all about. And we talked about this on the post-game show as Seth, OJ, and I broke down Brian Flores' media after the game, and we all could not have agreed more how good that was leading into the game and now with the bye week for Coach to be very complimentary of his own guys after this victory, but talking about the benefit of the late buy and a whole bunch more, you should go check out right now on the Miami Dolphins YouTube channel. But back to the point. And you are all, I assume, lifelong fans of the NFL, or at least close to it, right? And if you're not, and you're new, welcome in. We're going to pretty much help you understand the game better on this podcast, or try to, as we go into the nitty-gritty here on Drive Time with Travis Wingfield, presented by Auto Nation, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. But for the longtime fans, this you know this is the NFL. Games are usually pretty tightly contested, and I think it was important for Flo to maintain that message, not just with his team, but with the way he portrayed it to the media throughout the course of the week when he met with us. Because, and OJ said that it can be worse, but I raised the point about how it's not just the negative outside noise that can be, for lack of a better term, poisonous, but the positive press clippings can be even worse than the bad ones. And it goes back, of course, to that rat poison comment by Nick Saban. He famously muttered that a few years back, talking about how some of that praise for players can be like rat poison when it gets in and they start thinking highly of themselves and maybe, maybe become complacent with how they've played. That's not how you progress. That's not how you win in this league. That's why you have a turn-the-page Tuesday type of deal where you get on to the next and focus on the next. And we saw that play out in this game. This was a tightly contested game for 60 minutes all the way to the finish. And that's who the Giants have been for really the entire season. Their defeats this year, 8 points, 11 points, 3 points, a 24-point blowout followed by a 27-point blowout midseason, but then a win and then a 3-point loss to the high-powered Kansas City Chiefs. They've been competitive. So to think you're going to roll into a game and just win doesn't work like that. We saw it play out, 19 first downs to 16 first downs. The Giants were 6 of 16 on third down. Miami was 6 of 15. 297 total yards for Miami to 250 for the Giants. 
but Miami found the plays when they had to as a fifth straight win up to six and seven heading into the bye week and the Jets come to town in week 14 after the bye week. Enjoy it. Kick the feet up for one week here and take a Sunday off. It's been a fun month plus. Let's keep it rolling. But first, the five takeaways. And takeaway number one, the defense does it again. It started by playing more Sort of this bend-but-don't-break approach. A good, I thought, overall comprehensive plan to play that way with the Giants being down so many weapons on offense. And you heard Coach Flores talk about the names they have on that offense between Barkley and Galladay and Kadarius Toney and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph, uh, Devontae Booker. They have so many players on that offense. And to come into the game without Kadarius Toney, without Sterling Shepard, we saw lots of two high safety looks. We saw Nick Needham out there at times in that kind of deep safety role while Eric Rowe in some of the three safety looks rolled around down by the box and did what he does so well. But they didn't allow a single touchdown in this game. And in fact, they allowed just a field goal in the first half and then this in the second half. Field goal, three and out, three and out, punt, three and out. Field goal off of a short drive after a 52-yard Jason Sanders missed field goal put them at the minus 42 where you're really a couple of first downs away from a field goal. And then that field goal at the end of the game that was missed to keep the Giants off the board there, 11-point uh, margin, and the Dolphins go into victory formation. That will play when your defense performs like that. And we know about the ball hawks in the secondary. They're well-documented at this point. But did you know that Miami entered this game as the 10th-ranked run defense in the National Football League in terms of yards per game? Just 91 more yards today for the Giants. And a lot of that was late in this game. The Dolphins just win so many of those rundowns. In fact, they are the best first down run de or defense rather in terms of yards per play in the National Football League. At least they were entering the game. I cannot imagine that change because how about some of the first down plays we saw here from the Miami Dolphins defense on Sunday in their 20 to 9 victory over the visiting New York Giants. Let's do the first three quarters since that last drive was a little bit of a different game at that point as you have a two-score lead late in the fourth quarter. The approach changes, if not just slightly. So the first down plays, three yards, three yards, 10 yards, two yards, interception, minus one yard, incomplete, 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 11 yards, no gain, eh, 23 yards, incomplete, incomplete. That's 14 plays, that's 51 yards. I mean, yeah, the 23-yarder kind of affected my point a little bit, but even still, that's 3.6 yards per play on first down. And before the 23-yarder, it was 28 yards on 11 plays, which is just 2.55 yards per play. And with the way this defense flies around on third and long, boy, you love to see them get set up and teed up on first down like they've been doing throughout the course of this five-game winning streak. And over the five-game winning streak, that helps you get to this. Nine points, 10 points. 17 points, 10 points, 9 points. That is 11 points per game, 55 points over a five-game stretch. And again, didn't allow a single touchdown in this game. The individuals, Xavier Howard, 26th career interception in his 68th career game. That's the fastest in the National Football League since 1990, like it was last week. Andrew Van Ginkle made five total tackles in the game, but it felt like 15. He was setting that hard edge. In fact, he got my game ball on the post-game show on 560 with Seth and OJ because it felt like he was making a play every series. 
the pass defense on third down instead of a fourth and short for the New York Giants, setting that hard edge, getting on the upfield shoulder of that either tight end or tackle or the tight end H-back coming across the other side of the formation, getting off those blocks and making big plays. And I think the reason it felt that way was because the five tackles seemed to be crucial, not just at the time of the game, the down and distance, but with the elements around him. Like there was a play where Gink comes off a block and it looks like Barkley has a pretty strong C-gap to bust through that thing. And we know what he can do with the football in his hands. But Gink, all he does is shed the, t- the block and get in there for a tackle around the shoestrings of Saquon Barkley and save a potentially long gain for the gifted running back. Sealer and Wilkins, all over the field, all game long, all season long. Raekwon Davis, same story. Adam Butler, that sack, he almost felt that thing up in the press box. Jerome Baker and Landon Roberts both playing good ball. Baker with some pressure. Roberts in coverage. Damn near had himself a pick in this game. Had some good run defense as well. I thought Eric Rowe looked to be the 21-year-old version of himself. He was fast in this game, flying all over the football field. Plenty of key tackles, especially at the point playing up around the line of scrimmage in that role that he plays so often. Nick Needham chipping in for multiple roles. What a selfless team player he is. Byron Jones kind of finding a rhythm after a bit of a tough start there on Kenny Galladay, who had a couple of nice catches early on, but nothing late. And how about Jalen Phillips? Actually, let's go ahead and kick off takeaway number two with this. How about them rookies? My goodness. Actually, first, why don't we go ahead and hear from Coach Flores, who was asked post-game about the idea of the rookie wall and how he felt his rookies from this past draft class responded to the, you know, the idea that the college football season technically ended on Saturday pre-bowl season, right? So their regular seasons are finished, except for Army-Navy, one of the best games on the history of the planet in terms of football. How did he feel that Jalen, Jalen, Javon, Liam, and of course Hunter Long, the fifth draft pick playing currently for the Miami Dolphins, how they respond to this possible rookie wall idea? Here's Coach. Yeah, I don't, I don't really talk about it too much. You know, I just, like, we need those guys to um, you know, play for us and you know, play well. So I think Thankfully, they get this week to, um, you know, rest up, heal up. Um, I think all three of those, excuse me, four of those guys, really five of those guys, including Hunter, and you know, we got some other ones, Trill as well. So, I mean, this is, you know, these guys, they work hard. It's important to them. They, um, they, 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 they're all sponges. I mean, we, we said this really the entire year. Um, it's a long season. You know, it's hard to you know to, to, to gauge that and to know, you know how their bodies are feeling, but you know, it looks like they got energy, they got juice, they they're, you know, they got the right uh, the right approach, which leads me to believe that you know they're ready to go, and we're gonna need them to be ready to go. Uh, I'm seeing the same things that you know we saw earlier in the year. Um, I just I mean I continue to say this. It's you know there's a there's a process there, and then um, I think a lot of people look at the production and think that that's you know that's the kind of final uh, analysis of a player, but I think he's he's. You know, I haven't watched the film, but uh, I know there's some other games that, based on some things that I saw already, that um, he did better in some instances and some other things and some other games. You know, we had some production today. Um, we need that, and um, he's doing a good job. He's doing a very good job. Um, we got a lot of guys who are doing a good job uh, that aren't getting you know, you know the stats flash stats, but I think we got a lot of guys playing well, um, and he's, one, he's certainly one of them. 
that last follow-up question there was about Jalen Phillips, but of course, Coach passed the praise to his entire class and really his entire team as they have earned that praise over this five-game winning streak. But back to the rookies here real quick, and we'll go ahead and start with Jalen Phillips. I mean, set the Miami Dolphins rookie sack record on Sunday with his eight and a half sacks on the season. My goodness, he's playing really well. And you watch the way they use him in multiple capacities as a stunter, as a kind of twister on those stunts to help set picks for Emmanuel Ogba off the edge, to loop inside, to be a true pass rusher off the edge, to kind of work against a left tackle, to work against chips, to work against backs coming up and trying to support in pass protection. I mean, the way you can really see this, the way people impact games is by how the opposition treats them. I I mean, you're getting double teams and chips on Jalen Phillips. That takes a lot of attention towards him and gives other guys opportunities. And that's how this entire operation works. And Coach Flo mentioned the process there. That's how they want to play it. They want to give multiple people opportunities to make plays because of the entire team capacity of how they built this defense, how they built this team. And Jalen Phillips fits right into that mold. Of course, he's a fantastic pass rusher right now with the eight and a half sacks. I think it's five or six games in a row now with a a sack for the young man. So he is coming on strong here at the right time over this win streak. He's been a big part of that. Now, so too has that rookie receiver, Jalen Waddell. 86 catches in his rookie season. That also is a Miami Dolphins rookie franchise record. Jarvis Landry had 84 back in 2014. And he broke the record on a catch where he was injured. He goes down, comes off the field, and he's kind of walking over. And then he starts to jog off the field. And as the fans see that, they start chanting, Waddle, Waddle. And that was my favorite moment of the entire game. He's hyping the crowd up, pumping the arm up, and then he runs back onto the field, helmet in hand, to an ovation. And if you haven't seen it yet, go check out Tua and Waddle's Fox interview with Carissa Thompson that was on the pregame show on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. Check that out if you have not seen so because the chemistry there between those two guys has really come on to play here. I mean, there's he's just, he's getting after it right now. He's making tough catches. As he's loosening up and gets back into the game, you're thinking, what a tough, competitive type of dude. I mean, we talk about the, the attention that Jalen Phillips commands. They had a safety over the top on Waddle almost the entire game. It's crazy the amount of attention he was commanding in that game. He still finds a way to create space and eat up yardage underneath. If teams want to go man and get in a foot race with him, Try it. We saw it last week. That's what happened against the Panthers in that game. Defenses, they've got to be so scared of those in-cut routes because when the protection's there and the ball is perfect, look out. You're one slip tackle away from the big play that kind of can change the game. He's doing it all right now. He's just 25 yards shy of Chris Chambers' rookie receiving record at 883 yards to go, and there's four games to go. How about the other draft pick here, highly drafted for the Miami Dolphins, Javon Holland. He had another great pass breakup, and this one was on a very clean and well-struck targeted hit where he puts his shoulder into the kind of back area of the receiver, and that separates his hands, causes the football to fall harmlessly incomplete on a third down, get off the field. He has another pressure on a third down where he gets hands in the face and then doesn't put the hands on the head of quarterback Mike Glennon, puts the hit on his midsection, forcing an errant throw, get off the field. And then that great pass breakup down there on the end zone with Xavier Howard where it looked like Javon might come down with his third pick of the season. He didn't, but he got the pass breakup. He is as involved as anybody on this team right now. Liam Eichenberg, I can't give you much of a take on the offensive line after watching the game. I, I need the all-22 to do that, but he played well. And Hunter Long gets his first catch of the career for, for that rookie tight end out of Boston College. So the rookie class, man, they're doing it. Two records today on the same day in week number 13, game number 13, 
for franchise rookie records. So impressive. Takeaway number three, it's two a time. Fourth quarter is two a time. Giants were, you know, in the course of this game, I thought playing similar to what the Dolphins defense did before the pressure kind of got cranked up, playing more off and a little bit safer and, and giving attention to Jalen Waddell. And he was doing a good job taking what the defense gave him. He was 21 for 25 in that first half. No mistakes. That's two weeks in a row without a fumble lost or a turnover, an interception, whatever, from, from Tua Tunga-Vailoa. Just playing patient, not making the mistake, taking what the defense plays, what, or what the defense is giving you, especially when your defense on the other side is playing well. To know how to, you know, the term game manager is looked upon negatively, but I think it's one of the most important aspects of playing the position is managing the game and understanding the situation of the game. And, and Brian Flores talks about that, and Tua mentioned it post-game about how they play a, a very specific situational type of football where they want to be aware of all situations at all time. And I really thought you saw that throughout the course of this game, especially early on where there was not really many opportunities for the Giants to create negative plays because the Dolphins had a plan and an approach where the ball came out quick, where they ran the ball in certain down and distances, where they converted some of those third downs. And it wasn't the prettiest half of football offensively for Miami, but eventually they got things going there on that second or that last drive of the half where they go 14 plays to kind of start off the middle eight minutes of the game. We talked about that, right? The last four minutes of the first half, the first four minutes of the second half. And on a 14 play 89-yard drive that chews up almost four minutes of clock and leaves the Giants with just 26 seconds on the other end when the Dolphins were going to get the football in the third quarter and New York goes down and kneels in the football after that touchdown drive. So you give yourself back-to-back possessions and on that 14-play drive, Tua goes 11 for 12 for 76 yards and the touchdown throw to Mac Hollins. Talk about finding your rhythm. He's over 80% in that first half. He would not finish that way. Just missed that record by only, I think it was six percentage points in this game as he was like 73.5%, so six and a half percentage points from becoming the first quarterback ever to complete 80% or more of his passes in three straight games. It did not quite happen. He does have a chance to become the first quarterback to do it four times, or rather tie to be the first quarterback to do it four times in the NFL with 80% or more completion. He did it in the Atlanta game earlier as well. But anyway, that kind of slow approach to the game, that, that good drive to, to, to end the first half, we saw it kind of fall off there in the third quarter. Just was not a very characteristic uh, third quarter operation from the Dolphins offense. Some drop throws. I thought Tua was off the mark a couple of times. There was a, a pass on third down to Waddle where he had some space out wide. He threw it high. Probably should have been more outside to run him to the sideline and the marker. He has to go up for the catch, makes it, but he's just short of the sticks. Kasicki and Waddle both had drops. Wilson had himself a drop in that in that quarter as well. So the offense just a little bit kind of stuck in the mud. But back to Tua, and that's where the title of the takeaway starts in that fourth quarter. After all that adversity he kind of faced and overcame, and we're still in a tight contested ball game despite the fact that the defense is playing so well. But once again, in the fourth quarter, 7 of 9, 89 passing yards and touchdown pass to help close out the Giants to boost the fact that he is the highest rated fourth quarter passer in the National Football League since 1994 in the game's most critical quarter. It's so impressive what he's able to do in those clutch moments. It's kind of who he was back in college. He's been showing a little bit of that here in the NFL as well, and he did it again today in the Dolphins' fifth straight victory. And I thought his two best throws of the entire game came on that field goal drive that put the game just about out of reach there very late. A third and six backed up at their own 29-yard line. If you punt the ball there, you give the Giants four minutes, all their timeouts, and the entire playbook to work with to put together a game-tying drive. Nope. Miami converts 17 or rather 16 yards to Devontae Parker. Then three plays later, 
Now you've made them spend some time out, so you're in better shape, but still, with 321 left and third and four around midfield, a 17-yard pass, an absolute dime where he layers that thing over the top of the underneath coverage and a great, great catch on a precision pass for, for Gesicki to block out the defender to make that big play. What a time and at what a time that was for the Dolphins quarterback and offense. I thought, again, he started off a little bit slow and was a little bit more off than usual, but that goes back to this point. To be a tad bit, air quote, off and complete 30 of 41 passes for 244 and two touchdowns and no turnovers and a 104.1 passer rating, yeah, that'll play. And now through 17 career games, which Coach was quick to point out is a full season, 381 completions on 565 pass attempts. That's 67.4% completion. 3,759 yards. That's 6.7 yards per pass. 29 total touchdowns and 12 turnovers. That's 23 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. A 91.5 passer rating through the first 17 games of his career. Not bad. Keep it rolling, Tua. Keep it going. Takeaway number four, Tua got his Vontae back. Five catches on five targets. That's great. 62 yards. That's also great. Over 12 yards per catch. And Tua was asked postgame about what it was like to have Devontae Parker back into the fold for the offense. It was really good to have Devontae back. Uh, Devontae adds another uh, vertical stretch for us offensively. And, you know, he makes, he makes tough catches when, when you need him to. So, you know, really glad to have him back. Very short and brief there from the Miami quarterback, but the vertical stretch element he talks about there, that's a big deal because we talked about the help that you want to roll coverage over to Waddle. Well, that's probably going to give you a one-on-one opportunity to the boundary to Devontae Parker, who's one of the best contested catch players in the National Football League. And, you know, on those particular throws, and we saw it on that third and sixth conversion there late in the game, doesn't always have to be right in terms of pass pro, in terms of the accuracy of the football. He can kind of be a guy that, makes the play, like wipes out the relevancy of the rest of the play. He can be the one that makes the play for you on those particular looks. That's very valuable to an offense. I think he complements the RPO game exceptionally well because he's so good on those slants and in-cut routes where he can kind of use his frame and long arms to shield away the defender. And he's so precise on those in-breaking routes. And just to flat out have a playmaker down the football field like a Devontae Parker, like Tua mentioned there in the vertical stretch game, that's very big. I mean, the contested catches, he's been among the best since 2019 from pro football focus. He might have been knocked down a spot or two after missing some games this year, but he's still right up there. He's a huge boost to this offense when he's in there. Good to see him get it cranking. Now he and the team get a week off to get ready for the New York Jets. Finally, number takeaway, number five. Number five takeaway, number five. Special teams, Michael Pilardi, a career-high 65-yard punt, averaged 48.5 yards per kick. Field flippers, man, that was a big deal in this game when the Dolphins' offense was not quite cranking at full capacity to be able to turn the field around. That was big for special teams. Jason Sanders had a miss, but when Miami had a chance to go up by two scores, he got it. Big-time kick there from Jason Sanders. Mac Hollins continues to be so impressive as a gunner, and Noah Igbenogany, too, playing his butt off on special teams. You love to see it. And then watch Christian Wilkins on punt return. If you want to go back and watch the game, get a look at 94 and the way he plays special teams. I think you're going to like what you see on that tape. Again, uh, some notes here to finish up here. Good to see Hunter Long make his first career catch. thought Savon Ahmed showed some juice as the runner there. And Isaiah Ford and Matt Collins with touchdowns. You love to see that. Those guys work so hard and put in so much time. You love to see it pay off for them and to produce big time here in a win for the Miami Dolphins. We'll break down more on the offensive line and other areas of this game on the All-22 podcast tomorrow, so don't forget to check that out. Stay tuned for some post-game show work here with myself, Seth, and OJ after the outro. Bye week coming up. 
We'll have some different content ideas for you guys. Same schedule as usual today and Tuesday and probably Wednesday, but look out for some different content coming your way the end of the week and the front end of next week. And also, you Hurricanes fans out there, you got us. You got the Cougs in the bowl game. El Paso, New Year's Day? New Year's Eve? I can't remember. But it's a good little warm-up there to the college football playoff with Georgia and Michigan here at the Orange Bowl. That's a bit, I'm excited about that one. And then Bama and Cincinnati gets into the college football playoff. The group of five team makes it in for the college football playoff for the first time. You love to see it. What a great weekend of sports, great weekend of football. Go Heat, go Dolphins, go all South Florida sports. And uh, how about that F1 race, man? Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen tied going into the season finale. Cannot wait to watch that next Sunday. Plenty of good stuff coming your way from the sports world, including the Miami Dolphins and the Drive Time Podcast and the Fish Tank Podcast. Until next time, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you get your social media outlets from. Go ahead and check out the Fish Tank Podcast coming up this week with Hunter Goodwin on the pod. And of course, our YouTube channel for all the media availabilities and Dolphins Today starring Joanna Torres and myself occasionally on that show. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com for all the written content, all the game day photo galleries and video content as well for you. And of course, our entire catalog of podcasts. Until next time, fins up, Caroline, daddy's coming home. Stay tuned, post-game show stuff coming up next. It's that time. Let's have some game balls. We don't break. That was a great job. We got it from everybody. Offense, big drive. Defense, they're going to stop at the end. We're going to make these corrections. We're going to get better. We're going to stay with our process, though. We're going to stay with our process. All right, let's get ready to go. Call it up, though. Call it up. It's time to present today's Game Balls with Travis, Seth, and OJ. Oh, yeah, it's game ball time. Let's go ahead and throw it to our resident wide receiver, O.J. McDuffie, who has another... Where might Juice go with this one? ...receiver as his game ball, maybe? Maybe, possibly. You know, shocker that I'm going wide receiver, man. Are you kidding me? Welcome home. Welcome back, Devontae Parker. My game ball goes to my man, Devontae Parker. One went out to the day. Five targets, five receptions, all for first down. Two of them on third down. Thank you, Big Seth, for that. That information, man. And Devontae Parker's a different element. We talked about we heard Tua talk about it. What what he does for the offense, giving those guys an opportunity out there. And defense have to respect that one-on-one side for him. And didn't come up any bigger than what he did in the fourth quarter for us, man, and making big plays for us. So of course, a wide receiver every single week if they could. I give every single week I give the wide receivers the game ball. But this week is my man. I can go I can go other places for my wide receivers, but Devontae Parker. Welcome back in the game, man. Great job today, buddy. Well, if you're going to go wide receiver every week, I guess I'll go defensive end. You of course know, it's you kind will. of in my of DNA. Course, of course. And, and I like the music so much last week. I'm going to rewind that, play it back, DJ Preach. Jalen Phillips is going to get it. And look, Jalen played a good game. We heard Coach Flores talk about it. Two sacks today, and he breaks a record that was originally set 52 years ago. 52 years ago, 1969, Bill Stanfield has eight sacks as a rookie. Eight and a half sacks for Jalen Phillips. I want to hear about a 17-game season, guys. You know why? He did it in 13 games. Yes. That was a 14-game season back then. He did it in 13 games. Okay. Thank you okay. very much, okay. Juice. Okay. I can okay. count okay. one to 13. <laughs> so, and here's another thing. You know, you want to say, okay, well, yeah, it was a 52-year-old record. 
Brett, Brett Eisen just, uh, just tweeted, if you're not following him, you got to follow yes, this man. Yes. But he went to the Elias Sports Bureau to look it up. Jalen Phillips is the first NFL rookie since Julius Peppers in 2002 to record at least six sacks in a three-game span. Wow. Think about that, fellas. Wow. Six sacks, three-game span. That's worth the second game ball in my book. 1, He's fired up. All right. He's fired up a little bit. I'm going to go on the defense as well for my game ball. And Andrew Van Ginkle. Van Ginkle. And this might have been something of a kind of a collection of the last couple of weeks because he balled out once again. He's been balling out over this five-game winning streak, setting strong edges. You watch him get on that upfield shoulder of attack and cut that outside running game down. That's where Saquon Barkley wanted to go. The speed off the edge in the pass rush game. Quarterback hits, disrupting the timing of the passing game. He's getting off blocks and making key tackles. There was a Barkley run where he had daylight, and Gink beats the block, comes off it, makes the stop right there, right in the gap on one of the toughest backs in the entire business to cut that thing down for no gain. His numbers, like Coach Flores said, not necessarily going to blow you away, but the production as far as what he did was there. Five total tackles, a pass defense on third down. He ends up with a pair of quarterback hits, but again, those stats do not quite tell the whole story. One guy who the numbers do tell a story on, the new record holder for receptions by Uh-oh. a Miami Dolphins rookie. Uh-oh. You know the name. It's going to be our fourth collective game ball here. Waddle with it, baby. Solo D in the house. Waddle catches nine balls on 11 targets for 90 yards. He came back into the game after sustaining an injury. He leaves the field to Waddle, Waddle, chance. That was my favorite part of the entire game, personally. 86 receptions here in his rookie season, juiced through 13 games. Up next, Seth. Chris Chambers has the yardage record. He's right in the crosshairs. I think it's 883 for Chambers. Yeah, 883. Whatever it was, he needed 125, and he got 90 today. So, Chris, I know, again, you say, hey, in a 16-game season, unbelievable rookie season by Chris Chambers. He's coming after you. He's coming, He's coming after you. He's coming Shout out to Solo D yeah, with that track. I love it. Solo. If you guys so. haven't seen the tweets or the videos of uh, Seth and OJ <laughs> performing live with Solo D at the MetLife Takeover, you are missing out. Looks like a 90s rap album cover with those guys out there doing their thing. Jalen has 849 yards in the season. Now go ahead, Juice. Guys, how much fun is winning? It's a lot of fun. Tell I mean, me how much the, fun it's winning is, It's the most man. fun. You know, we, we, Play we, sat, games, here. we, we sat here in, in our studio seven weeks in a row. Yes. And the misery, you know, we went from hot garbage to now we're wilding with it, man. You know what I mean? Let's talk about where we've come, man. And we've got a long way to go, but, man, are we having fun? They're having fun, man. This is what we expected from this team, man. And so, man, waddle with it, man. That's a great, Travis, great call right there, man. We can all appreciate what Jalen Waddle is doing right now as a rookie. But as a player, he doesn't even look like a rookie. Like Now he looks like that go-to guy when we need a big play, a big catch. Who do we go to? We go to Jalen Waddle, man. It, it, it's so much fun. And then when you got the complimentary football that Coach Flores just talked about on defense, teams is playing well, then you bring back Devontae Parker. This is what we expect from this team from the beginning. Now we're starting to get it. One game at a time, big step, but man. One game at a time. I think me and Travis are on a roll right here with what we're talking about, man. Get ready. <laughs> You're ready. We, we, are, we are certainly the rolling. We are certainly rolling. Well, we got a bye week, so we can even put that off for a little bit here. But I just want to make a couple of mentions here. This isn't a game ball, but just some more players that I thought shine oh, here today. Here we go. Here comes the 12 game ball set. Here to get we ready go. For it. 
How about we haven't mentioned the fact that Xavier Howard had another pick today? That's his fourth of the season. Two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. The guy is he's unbelievable the way he does this. 26 career picks through 68 career games. He's the fastest to get to that many interceptions since 1990. We talked about the rookie, Javon Holland. Three series with three third-down plays in this game. You have to find out where he is every single snap. And then up front, Juice, how about some of these guys? Sealer, I thought, was good again. Yep. Wilkins had a big run stop late in that game. And Adam Butler, that big sack he had on Mike Glennon. Yep. I think I heard that from the press box. Yeah, it was nice, I felt man. it from the press box. It was nice, man. And you know what? I was watching that sack, and he got there. I think we had a little... TE or ET game going. I think a lot of attention was paid to Jalen Phillips on that play. And Butler got in there, man, and was clean. It was it was so nice. We had some things we need to clean up on a couple sacks. I saw a couple sacks we had. But our defense is, man, they're, they're flying around. And while I've got a quick chance, man, I mean, I have to, I have to give a shout-out. I have to. Because I know Tom Garfinkel did it already. Big shout-out to our grounds crew, man. You see the field? I, I heard about it man. from Travis pregame. I, I got the field update. Bro, the field was unbelievable, man. And I'm a, a good friend of mine, Ricky, man, he's on that grounds crew. Man, the field looks sick. The stripes, yes. the, the, the colors, the everything about the, the numbers field. numbers were outlined. Bro, it was unbelievable the way. That's the best field I think I've seen, man. And when you have a nice field out there, you got to go out there and perform, man. So top to bottom, Dolphins organization, it was a, it was a home run today. You know, the way everything was out Seth, you said it too. The fans showed up early. They were in the stands early. Big Vernon Carey did the Let's Go Dolphins today. They went out there and they played well. The field looked outstanding. You get a win. Everybody goes home happy, man. So great stuff right there, bro.